The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Do we stay the same over time or do we change? In some ways, we change quite a bit. Over a 10-year period, you can expect a decent amount of change in one of your core big five personality traits. And I think all one has to do is to sort of reflect back on the past and say, I've changed a lot in 10, 20 years. And what changes might we expect moving forward? So are we right or wrong to think of our future self as another person? I think it's quite reasonable that we would. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnett. At least I was when I recorded this. God knows who I am now when you're listening to it. I could be a different person altogether. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Are you the same person now as you were when you were, say, six months or six years old? All your cells are different. Your memories and life experiences are entirely different. There are some markers of continuity, I suppose, like your genes, maybe your fingerprints. But whether there is some unchanging core of you over time is an open philosophical question. It's also a pressing practical question because many of the choices you have to make today about your diet and exercise or your finances are not really meant to benefit the present you. Present you is doing them on behalf of future you. And so your attitude about that anticipated version of yourself really matters. My guest this week is Hal Hirschfield, Hal is a professor of marketing, behavioral decision-making, and psychology at UCLA's Anderson School of Management. And he's written a new book called Your Future Self, How to Make Tomorrow Better Today. Hal's been researching this stuff for quite a while. And one of his core findings is that, at least at the level of the brain, you don't really believe that future you is you at all. In many ways, we may think of our future selves as if they are other people entirely. So one of my favorite studies that looked at this question was conducted by Emily Pronin from Princeton. All right, imagine if you're one of the people in her research study. You're asked to describe the meal that you're eating right now. And if you're like most people, you've probably described it through what's known as a first-person perspective. You see the meal right in front of you. But now imagine a meal that happens in the distant future which, by the way, for college students was sometime after they're the age of 40 years old. (laughs) When research participants were asked to do that, they're about four times as likely to use the third-person perspective, seeing themselves as if they're another person in the scene. What's so interesting about this to me is that it suggests that in our mind's eye, our future self looks like another person. My own research has backed this up. My colleagues and I used neuroimaging methods and found that the brain activity that arises when we think about our future selves is more on par with the brain activity that arises when we think about another person. So as an analogy, our future self may look like another person entirely. Hal Hirschfield, welcome to the next Big Idea Daily. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Real quick, give me a give me a quick little background. Like, what's I understand you're a professor of marketing and psychology, but 
tell me a little bit about your academic work and how you got into this topic in particular. Yeah, sure. So, um, so my PhD is in psychology, experimental psychology. Um, when I was in graduate school, I started studying decision making, especially in the sort of you know financial space. This is you know, circa great financial crisis, and I was really curious about you know why people were making some of the decisions that they were making and how hard it was to do those things. And when you study that sort of topic, you know, it turns out that business schools are the place that, you know, become interested in that type of research. Um, and so that's why I am a psychologist uh, in a business school studying topics like how people make decisions about their finances and their health and their ethics and these sorts of things that all involve like trade-offs between now and later. Let's start with digging into the research itself. So, so it sounds like you in particular got into doing this neuroimaging where mm. you try to look at how our brains behave when we're thinking about ourselves, about other people, and about our future selves. So just give me a sense of, of what that sort of uncovered. Early on, when I was really interested in some of these questions, one of the first things we were wondering was, how do people think about their future selves? And there's some thinking that, you know, perhaps our future selves almost seem like another person. Well, that's kind of a hard question mm -hmm. to ask people. And so around the time that I'd been asking that, I'd come across some basic social neuroscience research suggesting that in the brain, we process other people differently than we process the self. And so you start with that and then you can say, well, okay, but if the future self is another person, would we see a similar sort of difference in brain activity? So we had people come into our scanner and they thought about themselves now and themselves in the future, as well as another person now and another person in the future. Mm -hmm. And the, the big takeaway there is that on a brain level, the activity that comes about from thinking of your future self looks more like the activity that comes about when we think about others. So, I mean, I'm wondering, are we right or wrong to think about ourselves as another person? I mean, maybe you'll get into this a little bit later, <laughs> or maybe this is outside yeah. of your scope a little bit. But, you know, I mean, I, it's, that's a puzzle. Is is myself tomorrow a different person than than I am today? Here's the one way I would answer that. I think it's quite understandable that we would think of our future self as if it's another person. And the reason I say that is because we do change when I was working on my book, I really did a deep dive into this literature. And it's it's really fascinating because it's not like you can just answer black and white, do we stay the same over time or do we change? In some ways, we change right. quite a bit. Brent Roberts is a leader in this field. And one of the things he told me was that over a 10-year period, you, you can expect a decent amount of change in one of your core big five personality traits. And I think all one has to do is to sort of reflect back on the past and say, I've changed a lot in 10, 20 years. You know, I'm sure you have too. And what changes might we expect moving forward? So are we right or wrong to think of our future self as another person? I would say I think it's quite reasonable uh, that we would. I mean, in some sense, it's an imaginary person, really, right? Yeah. It's like some someone that doesn't exist. It's almost like, ask me how I think about Sherlock Holmes or sort of a fictional yeah. character that I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> that, 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 that's true. It's true. And it, yeah. you know, this is part of the difficulty, right? Is that we do have relationships with other people in our lives. There's people you feel really close to, and maybe there's a very small number you don't like. And then there's all these other people that you, you don't even really care about because you don't know them. 
And the same could be said for our future selves with this added layer that they don't exist yet. We don't we don't really know them. <laughs> and that makes it really hard to right. to figure out that link. Over the course of this week, we'll get into some of the implications of this and and some of your sort of recommendations for how we can use this insight to help make better decisions and have better habits, improve our lives in general. I wonder if you could sort of just point me in that direction. Like from this basic insight that we think of ourselves in the future, the way we think about other people, where are we going to go with that? Like what, what does that lead you to then want to advise people to do in mm -hmm. the most general sense? You know, where we're going with this is that if we think of our future selves as if they are other people, what truly matters is the type of relationship we have with that other person. In other mm -hmm. words, it, you know, if you feel as if your future self is someone you're particularly close to, you may be more likely to do things for their benefit. And if the reverse is true, then why would you? <laughs> why would you do anything right. to help them out? And so I think one way to answer where we're going with this is to try to figure out ways to both improve our relationships with our future selves and make it easier to do things uh, for their benefit, um, as well as ours. I mean, I think it's important to keep in mind that there's a relationship here. And no relationship is healthy <laughs> if only one party is doing things for the other. But rather, can we create some sort of, you know, harmony or balance between the two parties? In your book, you cite the the Seinfeld routine where he talks about the morning <laughs> yeah. guy and night guy. That really gets to the core of it, doesn't it? I'm a different person at nighttime and, and, you know, I want to stay up late and, you know, it's someone else who's going to have to deal with the consequences of that. It's not me. I never get enough sleep. I stay up late at night because I'm night guy. <laughs> night guy wants to stay up late. What about getting up after five hours sleep? Oh, that's morning guy's problem. <laughs> that's not my problem. I'm night guy. Exactly. I, that, I mean, that bit from Seinfeld is, is so great and it's so relatable because I think we've all had the experience of just saying like, you know, screw it. I'll stay up a little later. Like whatever that is, you know, it's one more drink or it's one more show or whatever. The person who pays the price is your tomorrow morning self. Now, what's so funny yeah. about this to me is that you know, there's a separation of like, sometimes on the order of five, six hours, <laughs> you know, but there's yeah, still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's still this lack of empathy. And so you say, man, if we have a hard time fully stepping into the shoes of our tomorrow morning self, like what hope do we have for stepping into the shoes of our self in five, 10, 20, 30 years, or even future generations that go way beyond that? Thanks for listening. Well, some version of me will be back tomorrow with more insights from Hal Hirschfield. We'll be talking about how to make friends with your future self. Because if you can be friends, you're more likely to save money, take care of your body, and invest in your relationships. So future you will have a good life. But if you think of future you as just some annoying jerk, well, you may as well just head to Vegas and go nuts. If you'd like to hear more of Hal sooner, you can find all of his insights on our Next Big Idea app, available wherever fine apps are downloaded. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow. <laughs>